0: And your goodness towards us. We receive it by faith and we declare that apart from you there is no good thing. Amen. Just before I start my service there's a few people here that are struggling financially and I'd like to bless them No worshipping, now I hear the cry of the heart. And we are here to do what God called us to do, is to remember the needy and the poor. So if it's on your hearts, whatever you want to put in that box to front, I'd like to bless some people here that are crying out to God for some help. Thank you. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Someone someone put batteries. Someone put batteries in this. If you have any remotes that need batteries, they're here. let's pray for the people that gave God loves a cheerful giver and I pray for you I thank you father in Jesus name because the love they have is not towards the people but really you and I thank you that you bless them because they love you and your people I thank you Lord for their hearts i bless them in the name of jesus christ thank you when the disciples left they decided on one thing to always remember the poor and the needy amen and i pray that it can begin with us amen It's interesting. It's happened to me probably three times while worshipping and I'm hearing the cries of people's hearts. Now, you can come up, please. You come up. Whoever's struggling, you come up and we we give you some money to help you. Uh, come up, please. Uh, come up. Whoever's struggling financially, come up and we'll help you. Don't be ashamed, we are all here for each other, amen? thank you jesus thank you for the people that have given we're here for each other in the lord amen okay we thank you jesus we pray lord from today that any situation that anyone is is in financially i pray that you help them get a job help them get back on their feet thank you lord help them get back on their feet lord and strengthen them because every good and perfect gift comes from the father above i thank you father for allowing us to hear so we can help your people amen okay you. us here take this one please yes mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you Jesus. And thank you all for having a loving heart. Amen. Before we want to change the world, let's begin to help each other. Who's ready for today? Amen. Yeah, it's got a bit of an echo in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's alright. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, that's it. I don't breathe that heavy, do I? So, whoever gave batteries, I want to pray for them later. <laughs> Bless you all. Today thank God, God gave me direction and it probably changed the way that you um, look at the Holy Spirit. Because if there is one person on earth that God wants you to be familiar with it's the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting because God's beginning to show me how you become familiar with the Holy Spirit. If there is something that's completed me since the day that I started my journey to now, it's uh, the relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I can't tell you How crucial it is when you're going through trials and challenges and tribulations and the refining fire of God, the discipline of God, and you don't know the Holy Spirit. How important it is for you to know the Holy Spirit in this process. So today I bring you a direction that will change your life. Thank God. I give you a mystery. And I'll share something that the Lord showed me in the beginning of my journey when I first got saved, what happened to me and what he was trying to teach me via a dream. Uh, Would you like to hear? You'll change your journey. Okay. I can't tell you how important it is when you start your journey, to have a mindset of overcoming. I think most of people's trials and challenges and circumstances has a lot to do with them feeling defeated or feeling like they cannot move forward anymore, especially when they go through things. So I'd like to share something with you, and it will shock you, because the dream that God gave me was so powerful and I share it with you so it's probably around easy seven years ago yeah in between seven to eight years ago I don't know exactly when but I have to share what the Lord showed me and I entered a boxing arena and my opponent was Satan and it's like I went to that place Of where they, like the gladiators clash I went into that olden tradition where the big stones and we're fighting and I'm wrestling with Satan and I knew who he was I wrestled him for three years but this time I was in a fight with him most of the times before that he was overcoming me and he was tormenting me but this time I was wrestling with him and it was an equal battle I wasn't winning and he wasn't winning, we were wrestling and it was a it was a fight. And I saw this man with a grey beard sitting on a like a platform and he has like the word of God but they're on tablets of stone and he's reading the word of God at me. And I'm fighting Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ I rebuke you, nothing happened. I'm trying to fight him in, with Jesus name, nothing happened. And I'm thinking in my dream, I'm using his name, and he's not responding. And I have this man on the side reading the Word of God to me. And it was interesting, because the man, I knew the man who he was in the dream, and it was Moses. And he was reading the Word of God to me, and he kept declaring some scriptures from the New Testament. And as he started to declare the scriptures from the New Testament, Satan started to respond. And I thought to myself, why is he responding to the word of God and not to the name of Jesus? And I started to think deeply while I'm fighting him. And he started to declare four or five scriptures which I'm going to share today. And he started to respond. And I want to share what the Holy Spirit wants me to share today. Now, I'd like to go to 1 John. First, we'll establish a platform for this. I think your answer will be answered today. Because everyone knows the name, yes? Jesus Christ? The Savior of the world, the Messiah? Why hasn't Satan responded yet? You begin to think deeply. Why isn't Satan responding to the name of Jesus? What is it that God's really trying to do inside of me? I've been in many battles in my spiritual journey with the Lord, and I'll proclaim a name, and nothing would happen. But when he was declaring the scripture, he started to respond. So I'd like to share this treasure with you. It says here from 1 John chapter 5. Now you got to read it in context, Okay he says whoever believes that jesus christ is whoever believes that jesus is the christ is born of god and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him by this we know that we love the that we love the children of god oh sorry by this we know that we love the children of god when we love god and keep his commandments For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now stop there. He talks about Christ being the Savior and that we belong to him. Now he talks about overcoming the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Okay, so he's establishing now Jesus Christ, our salvation, our saviour. He talks about overcoming, then he talks about the mystery of faith. Okay, let's keep going. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And these are the three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and these three are Sorry, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. So he's talking about first our salvation, our identity. He talks about overcoming. Then he talks about our faith. Then it leads to three principles. The spirit, the water, and the blood. This is our foundational principles of what holds faith together. Yes, you will see here now what they actually mean. I'm going to only speak about one of them today. So it begins, interesting, it begins with the spirit. I'll, I'll continue to finish it off. I think uh no, we we'll go back forward, yeah. Uh, one, one more back, yeah. Oh no, next one, sorry, nine. Yeah. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his son. And this is the testimony. That God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life, he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you, who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Okay, so there are three major foundations And it's interesting how the Holy Spirit let me see this. So can we go to, we'll go to the temptation of Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Now this is interesting. So we have the Spirit, we have the water and the blood. That's what holds the principle of faith together. Okay. So if you want to think about the Holy Spirit, where would you actually begin? When you think about the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit, you'll start to see what he done here. Isn't that interesting? That there are many ways that Satan responds There are many ways that Satan actually responds. And I'll share it here. It says here that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, could we stay back on that one? Everyone speaks about this, right? Whenever we talk about the temptation of Jesus against the devil, everyone knows this story, right? Does anyone talk about the role of the Holy Spirit? (laughs) the Holy Spirit showed me this this week. We are so fixated against the battle of Jesus and Satan, but does anyone think about the role of the Holy Spirit here? The first role of the Holy Spirit was presented here, of what he needs to do in Jesus Christ. And it will change the way you build as a believer. Now, we read it now. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall live with bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You begin to see here, the first role of the Holy Spirit was what? Establishing God's Word in you. Can you see this? The first role of where the Holy Spirit began to work in Jesus Christ, which is really a lesson for us, was to do what? It is written. Satan responded to what? The authority of what? The authority of God's Word. For every believer... The first authority that enters you is not the power of God, is the logos, the natural word of God. In a way, when you become born from above and you give your life to Jesus Christ, the first thing that He has to do is establish the Word of God. Why? The three temptations here was to do what? You had the world, you had the sin. And you had Satan knocking on your door. Three things. The word was given to take these three out of you. Then Satan has no place to work in you anymore. You begin to see it's deeper than a name. It's deeper than knowing Jesus Christ. It's where where the enemy is feasting on in your heart. So the first role of the Holy Spirit, it's interesting. We all look at the Acts of the Apostles, how the Holy Spirit moved with His power and His glory. Yeah? But the first thing that the Holy Spirit had to do was get enough of God's Word in you to overcome the world. Overcome sin. Overcome Satan. Look how Satan responded. He responded to the eternal Word of God. It is written. Jesus says, the words that I speak are not mine, but my Father in heaven. These words that you read every day are eternal. And it's what allows Satan to be defeated. And it allows him not to work in you anymore. So look, let's keep reading it here. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge of you, and in the hands that shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. You see how Jesus first encountered Satan? With the word of God. Why? To take away that system inside of you, the Word of God, the first activity of the Holy Spirit when it comes upon your life is to get familiar with God's Word, so you can resist so you so so you can be taken out of the world, so you cannot walk in the way of the enemy anymore. That makes sense, to everyone. So when I had that dream that I'm in the boxing arena with Satan and Moses was reading the New Testament to me, the scripture that I just wrote and some other I'm going to declare, what was he really trying to tell me? He's trying to tell me that the truth will keep Satan out, the truth will defeat Satan. You begin to see here, the first time Jesus encountered Satan Was with the word of God. Isn't that interesting? That the first time we receive the Holy Spirit. We begin to see the next step. That he has to do inside of us. Is to what? Establish God's word in us. Not for the kingdom. Not for the power. Not for his glory and his purpose. But to take away the world from us. Take away sin from us and take away all the strategies of Satan. You know this. Before anything can be established in life for God to do anything through you, He has to take away. Before any establishment begins, you have to sit inside the Word and get so much not to preach. Not to save, but to transform what's inside. And you begin to see here, you get a good indication of what the Holy Spirit needs to do in a believer's life in the beginning. You get a very good indication. Everyone looks here at the temptation of Satan. Not many look at the role of the Holy Spirit. Who led him there? Who led Jesus there? Himself? He led him to what? To encounter Satan with God's word. You have to know this. Your journey will change. The Holy Spirit led Jesus to establish God's word. So what's the Holy Spirit interested in the beginning? Establishing his word in you. Before before you hear before you look for revelation, power, deliverance, healing, they will all follow. The most important place is to break sin off you, break Satan's strategy off you, break the system of the world off you. And then he takes you into another world, another kingdom. So here you get a picture. You get a picture of how Jesus defeated Satan. He didn't just proclaim the word. He lived the word. He lived the word. He did not give in to the world. He didn't give in to the system of the world. So I share with you a lot of people here. They're hungry. And they want to get familiar with the Holy Spirit. But imagine you come you come to Christ. And you want to. Bring people to Christ. I need to preach the gospel. I need to do this. I need to do this. These will all come. What's the most important role of the Holy Spirit in the beginning? It is written to preach the gospel, to fight Satan off you, to take the world away from you, and to be done with sin. Can you see now? The first role and activity of the Holy Spirit is to establish God's word in you. Isn't that interesting? The first thing that Satan steals is the Word. The very thing that plants you and gets you moving forward in the Lord is the very thing that Satan comes to steal. They preach the Word of God, they heard it with joy, and then Satan came and stole it from their heart so they don't believe anymore. Isn't that interesting? The very thing that births you in the direction of God Is the very thing that Satan takes off you in the beginning. What does that show you? It shows you to guard the Word of God with all that you have in the beginning. Because trials and challenges, the world, everything will come against you to choke that Word. So a lot of people come to me, help me. I'm helping you. I'm teaching you. What's most important to the Holy Spirit and what attracts Him to become your friend? If you ever want to know what attracts the Holy Spirit, is understanding God's process. Do you understand God's process? Because if you understand God's process, the Holy Spirit will be your friend. Because you're cooperating with Him. So in the beginning, the devil will try to burn you out. He'll try to frustrate you. He'll try to make you impatient. He'll try to make you believe that his word is not true. He will stain your mind to make you think that God's word and God himself is not capable of achieving what he promised. I'm telling you. But if you understand that God's word is like a seed, you'll plant it, you'll water it, you'll keep a good heart, a good conscience. You're not based on what you see. You're based on what he promises. You have to understand. So many people want to preach, I want to do, and they force, they force it, they try to do things for God, doesn't work. Because the first thing has to be established: the dealing of sin, dealing of the flesh, dealing of the world, where your treasure, where your heart is, and dealing with Satan's temptations. If you can build in the right direction, you will go, you will do well with the Lord. So, how many people seen this here? Isn't that interesting? We read really, it a thousand times, never crossed my eye. But the Holy Spirit said, you can see now. Isn't it interesting that everyone looks at Satan's temptation, but no one looks at the first activity of the Holy Spirit? Isn't that interesting? The first place that the Holy Spirit came openly after baptism, after your rebirth, after you become born again, was to establish the eternal Word of God. The first time the Holy Spirit came openly was to show you now, you need the Word of God to overcome your carnal nature. You need the Word of God to overcome the system of the world. You need the Word of God to overcome Satan. And then, and then, what happened after that? What did Jesus do? He fasted and he prayed in the beginning. He showed us how to combat that. And then the Bible says that he ministered under the power of God. The power of God came openly after that, and naturally he went into the kingdom. Isn't that interesting? That when you overcome this, remember First John. He talk, he spoke about our faith, our overcoming is by faith. Then he spoke about the three principles. The first role of the Holy Spirit is what. Establishing God's Word. The first activity that you become familiar with the Holy Spirit, establishing God's Word. What does Hebrews 4, 6 say? Anyone? Hebrews? From Hebrews chapter 4 all the way through 12, what does it say? The Word of God is like double-edged sword. Penetrates all the way to the marrow, your soul and spirit and mind, and it travels to the depths of that place. Isn't that interesting that he says it's a sword? You're used to fight. So it's so important that you know this. So many people say, How did you become a person where you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? And it's a good question because I like to answer it. But I have eight years to answer it. Eight years of walking with him. And the the quickest way I can answer it for a believer is I understood the process of God. I understood that God doesn't, it's not about God taking me to a place. It's about what he needs to build in me. I stopped thinking about where he wants to take me. Rather what he needs to birth in me. Can you understand that? So the first activity of the Holy Spirit for a believer who becomes born from above is what? Establishing the natural word of God. The black and white word that you read. All right, let's go. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll stay there in the temptation. I'll describe to you two words here. It's very powerful. The word tempted. The word tempted, then Jesus was led up by the spirit of orders to be tempted by the devil. The word tempted is parizo. Perizo. Yeah, it's good. I think it's right. I think it's good, okay. it's okay. Okay, you ready for this? The word is Parizzo and the word means there's there's seven words here. So when you say test or tempt, it's actually deeper than deeper than that word. So the word tempted is from the strong's three nine eight five. And the the first one means to test. Now the Webster's dictionary gives us a good analogy here. So when Satan comes, when Satan comes knocking on your door, which he will, whether you like it or not. He's the accuser of the saints day and night, and he wants to destroy our lives. But thank God, we have the truth and Jesus Christ protecting us. Look here. The word tempted means to test. To test in the Webster's Dictionary, it says to question, to have a reaction, and to critically examine. Isn't that interesting? That when things become bad in our life, or when we face challenges, that's one of his major roles of what he needs to do. So when Satan comes to tempt you, the first thing he tries to do is what? To allow you to question God's character and who God is. So let's say you went through troubles and challenges. If you've taken the bait of Satan, this is what you would do. Why am I going through these things, God? It's got nothing to do with him. Satan is the one causing this. Okay, so the, I'm just giving an example. To create a reaction, okay? Okay. The second one is to create a reaction. What's that mean for us? Emotional. He gets you in the emotional realm, in the soulish realm. This is how Satan tempts you. Emotional realm. And you start to cry and try to attract God by crying and nagging and telling everyone your problem. That's the second part of just that first word test. So don't cry now, So the second one is this is a big one to critically examine. So to criticize God. That's the first, just the first word of when Satan comes to tempt you. This is what stands in your way. To, criti- to critically examine God. Lord, I'm praying. I'm believing in you. Why has nothing changed? Thank God, the gift of the Spirit, one of them, it's patience. I thank God for that gift um, of the Spirit, patience, because while you wait, you get to see what you need to work on. The second word is Endeavor. So this is Satan bringing it to you now. The word endeavor means to work with, or to set a purpose, or to create an effort, or a fulfillment, or an obligation. Now what's that regarding? To be fulfilled by the world. To to have a purpose in the world. That's another way Satan comes against you. To have a fulfillment and a purpose in the world. This is just from that one word <clears throat> to have an obligation, what, what today for the people of this world, what do they see as someone prospering? He's, he's paid his house, he's paid his house off. He's set himself up for the future. I mean, these will come to us, but that's not our priority. priority is the kingdom. Number three, to scrutinize. The word scrutinize means to examine closely or to search out. To search out what? He brings sin to Jesus. He brings the world to Jesus. It means to look closely and to feast on sin and to feast on the world. Number four, entice. The word entice means to attract or tempt by offering ple- pleasure, to seduce you, to bait you, or to allure you. Number five. Now, this is an interesting one. Discipline. To discipline you. You know what that shows me? That Satan's the author of habits, he likes to create habits. I believe just like the Holy Spirit works, Satan wants to work. He wants to create bad habits to sin, to rebellion, to disobedience, to worldly things. He wants to train your mind in this way. Are we listening? So just like the Holy Spirit wants to create godly habits in you, Satan wants to create the habits of sin, habits of the world. Number f- six, to essay. Now, this is from the f- only one word. The, the, the next one is to essay. Essay means to break you. To, to analyze you, meaning to watch every step of your life, to find any cracks or any places where he can hold you down. The next word, the same word from essay means to deconstruct, meaning anything that God is trying to construct in you, his job is to deconstruct. So your building is never finished so that God cannot be the place where he shines in you. The next one is examine. Examine. The word examine means to expect closely, to investigate you, to test you by questioning God. The last one, prove. Prove means to establish the lie based on evidence or an argument. So his plan is to create an argument in your heart against God. I hope we're listening to these things. I didn't want to read them out, but I said, I'll just read them. Finally, regarding the temptation, it says afterwards he was hungry. Someone would think he just wants to eat. It's deeper than that. The word hungry means to seek with eager desire. What did Satan want? Jesus to seek with an eager desire the world, sin and the devil. He wanted him to desire eagerly over these things. It's, it's not Jesus wanted to eat. He was tempting him to to crave those things. So the word that Links up with hungry Is from the The word, that word there is from the Strong's 3983 The word that comes from That place is Strong's 3983 uh, Sorry Strong's 4434 That links up with hungry You know what the word hungry derives from You ready for this To cause to cause one to fall So I repeat this again That word hungry Derives from another Strong's word 4434 four, four, And it defines through the ID To cause you to fall To scare or to frighten you To be distressed Also a form of a beggar So what was Satan coming to Jesus with, making him afraid that he better take things in his own hands because God can't provide for him. Isn't that interesting? That when we don't take things in our own hands, when we don't leave things in God's hands, we are frightened, we are scared, we begin to take things in our own authority, our own control. Are are we getting this? It's pretty deep. So the word hungry was, Satan was trying to do this to Jesus. God can't provide for you. God can't take care of you. You better take it in your own hands. That's what it means. So he frightens you that you better fall in love with the world because God cannot take care of you. It's pretty deep. Okay, enough of that now. Now, I spoke about the authority of the word. How many people are fixated on God's word and have given enough time for God's word to begin to work? How many people here? How many people have learned to cooperate with the Holy Spirit by the first task, the first process? is to sit in the authority of the word. People want to sit in the authority of the word and correct people today. People want to sit in the authority of the word and begin to preach. But the Holy Spirit doesn't ask this. He asks, you sit with the word so he can cleanse your heart. It's dangerous when you get the word of God without the cleansing of the heart. You look like a Pharisee. You begin to judge, you begin to look down, you begin to be superior. That's why Jesus tells you not to preach in the beginning. Because pride is there, judgment is there, jealousy is there, envy is there, me is there. So he asks you, don't preach in the beginning. Let him work on your heart first. Then the fruit that you produce will last forever. And you won't find yourself getting tossed back and forth. It's true. It is true. How many people get pulled up from envy, pride, jealousy, gossip, slander? Because they try to get the word to save rather than to save their soul first. It's the truth. Let's go to James chapter 1. Verse 21. The word of God is used first to save your own soul. I pray you get this by the grace of God. Look here. The first place, you're not the savior of the world first. First, you have to save your own soul. James chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness. An overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. The first role of the Holy Spirit is for your own soul. We'll go to the next one. The Philippians. I just want to show you the authority of the Word of God and the first role of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. Here, what happens in the beginning? Look what it says, the overflow of wickedness in the first one, the filthiness of your soul. Look what it says here now. In the beginning, what does a baby do when he doesn't get his way? My son tries to bang his head. (laughs) Look here, do everything without complaining and arguing, that word there, sorry, is grumbling, but this is an easy translation, so that no one can criticize you, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people hold firmly to the word of life then on the day of Christ's return I'll be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless the Holy Spirit is not going to come to you every day until you stop complaining the word does that for you He's not going to tell you you should be living clean every day. The Word tells you this. This is the ABC of the Gospel. Uh, the next one. Again, here, yeah, we'll start with a person who just begin their journey. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to His Word. So have you given enough time for the Word of God to do its work in you? Don't be in a rush to go anywhere if I can give you this good advice. And don't crave uh, uh, spiritual gifts or the power of God because it will be so harder when you're at a level of faith in power of God and he's still dealing on all these things. You will hurt, you'll hurt yourself and you'll hurt all the people around you. Are we listening? There was this one person, I'll share it. And this person, this person said, I'm believing for someone to get saved. I'll go with it. He said, I'm believing for someone to get saved. And this person got saved three years. And and the person who kept planting the seed in this person um, was saying was saying to me, I don't know why I waited three years for this person to get saved. And when I got in my car and I'm driving back home, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You know what he said? He said to me, if he didn't get saved after three, he said the reason why he got saved after three years is because where that person was in the beginning would have drove him away from me. I don't know if I'm putting it in the right sentence, but it was along those lines. And it was a it was a member of the family, and he said to me that if he got saved in the same time as that person did, that person would have destroyed him, destroyed that person. Because in the beginning, truth be told, you're in a washing machine. You're in a washing machine. Then you go in the dryer. Washing machine, dryer. (laughs) And that's easy. In other places they bang the rock (laughs) until (laughs) all the arrows get out. And he said to me, He I waited three years because that person would have destroyed that person. And I'm not saying that's for every scenario, but that's what the Holy Spirit said to me. Isn't that interesting that he waits for us to mature so we don't drive people away from us? So imagine you chasing the gospel to someone. You need to believe, you need to follow Jesus, and you're not transformed yet. They're not going to believe nothing you say. That's why Paul says, We are a walking epistle. They can read you by the way you live. It's very important. So many people are trying to proclaim Jesus to their family, and they're living in the world. No wonder why people don't get saved. I'm sorry to hurt your feelings, but it's the truth. So, First Peter chapter two verse two. What does God's word do in you? What does it promote in you? It promotes in you as a newborn babe. It promotes growth. So many people here have not given the right time. They haven't valued God's word enough to be transformed. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Let's say you don't open the word. You do not grow. If you can't handle the natural word of God, how can you handle the Holy Spirit later? You know, I got troubled in the beginning. This whole law and grace and all this stuff, it troubled me so much. You know why? Why? Because grace is a higher level of faith, greater than the law. Before you used to do it with the physical. Now if you do it in your heart, you're judged. Grace is a higher level, higher level more than the law. Because you used to sleep with someone, if if you do it in your heart, you've committed the same sin. Grace is a higher level, more than any level in the Bible, because God lives inside now. That's the difference. So, when you understand this, how valuable and how true the grace of God is, you will tread lightly and you will not move before your time. But, like I said, three years of eating the Word of God, eight hours a day, I gave the right time to God's Word to get me to this place and continue to move me forward. Eight hours, I had a deep hunger for the Word. And I know in the beginning what moves the heart of God. Hunger. Hunger is what moves the heart of God in the beginning. So when I sit with people, I unders- I've understood where the Holy Spirit works, the process of what He works in. When I sit with people, so what's God doing in your life? I um, They avoid every area, but they heart. They speak about everything but their heart. But the very thing that God speaks about is your heart. Mm. And we, we always seem to, by pride or by fear or by hurt, we try to keep people from far from knowing what's inside. But if I know the Holy Spirit enough, I know that he's interested with our hearts. More than anything, So if you don't value the natural word of God that's in your hand, you cannot receive anything greater than that. Uh, The next one. Now this is, I just threw this in, just to show you where your blessings come from, where your promotions come from. Look. Look. John fifteen seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Isn't that interesting that you need his word also to dwell in you? Because you would know how to pray after that. Your flesh will not be contaminated in your prayer life. Isn't that interesting? That your prayer life will change to one thing. There are two things the Father wanted to give us the kingdom and the Holy Spirit. Your prayers will line up straight with His his Word. Next one. Proverbs 35. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. How do you put your trust in God? By His Word. That's why Satan will work so hard to dismantle the word of God in you. I prayed, I tried, I walked, didn't work for me. It didn't work for you. It doesn't mean it's not true. It will work for you. Give him, give the word time to work what it needs to work in you. It's the truth. Give it time. And, and what did Jesus do? The first role of the Holy Spirit was to plant the word of God. What was Jesus doing? fasting and praying he showed you how to become a healthy believer a healthy spiritual believer the first role of the holy spirit it is written it is written it is written three times jesus was fasting and he was praying he was showing you how the word becomes true inside of you And uh, next one. Yeah. Look here. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Look at all the promises of God's word and all the benefits that it does in your life. Next one. Isn't that Interesting. How many people are waiting for breakthroughs, waiting for restoration, waiting for God to answer? Psalms 130 verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in his word I do hope. He shows you how we are to be a complete believer. Next one, please. First Peter 1, 23. This is from the Amplified For you have been born again, that is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, not of seed which is perishable, but from that which is imperishable and immortal, that is, through the living and everlasting Word of God. And my favorite one, thank you, Jesus. You know how I named um, I named this because God told me to name it. It's His word that I named it after. But when I saw the Lord in the beginning of my journey, I didn't know it was Him to the end. and He took me upon a balcony in heaven. It was like hundreds of meters. it was wide, and there was millions of people holding their machines in their hospital, sick, dying. People who've never heard the gospel, there were millions, and the Lord said to me clearly, "I prepared all these for you." I didn't know it was him, but to the end, and he opened up the Bible to this scripture, and it was highlighted, and he and he gave it to me with the microphone. I didn't I didn't preach it. That's when he told me to build my shelter. I didn't preach it. I didn't even know how to read. Literally, and he said to me here glorify my name and lights come on it's jesus and i looked he's gone and then i built the shelter after three weeks and he came out of the clouds but i share with you i share with you how true his word and how if you respond in obedience how much you'll be blessed by him but i tell you something i gloried more not in the blessings i gloried more in the process my glory is much more in the process because i've come what i've become today not because of the blessings but the process i'm more interested in in someone's process in their character rather than the blessings and the power i say that openly to anyone here because your character and the process is what allows you to carry your gifting further and further and further So look here, Psalms 100 verse 20, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. You see the authority of the word? So people want to see the true power of God. What's the foundation that you lay for Him? The word of God. You lay enough foundation for the word of God, your mind's renewed, your heart's renewed, power comes, it stays. It stays. The true power of God, the raw power of God's presence stays. It's not a prayer. I want to receive anointing. I don't believe in that stuff anymore. I believe in the true word of God that's implanted in you, that transforms you, cleanses you. Then, in the latter days, you'll be instruments for God. It's true. uh there's a couple more, yeah. Now look at this here. John fifteen three. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Next one. <clears throat> Jeremiah twenty three, twenty nine. This is a powerful one. Is not my word like fire that consumes all that cannot endure the test, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the most stubborn rock in pieces? It's talking about heart. What does the word do to a stubborn heart? Breaks it in pieces. And it's true. When you get familiar with the word of God and you let it do the work, it's like a hammer that's chiseling all those barriers that's created by pride and rebellion and hardness of heart. But so many people have not given the value to God's word. Just like they give a value to his name. In the same way you value Jesus in his name, is the same way you need to value his word. God even put his word higher, and we all know this. He put his word higher. In the Old Testament, it said he magnified his word above his name. His word is eternal. His word is eternal. And the Bible says that his robe was dipped in the blood and his name is, his name is the word of God. Revelation. So what attracts the Holy Spirit? What attracts the blood of Christ to you? God's word. I'm going to speak about the two other principles, the blood and the water. And what are they? But this is the first principle, establishing the word. Next one. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Amen. Next one. I'll finish off with this one. But look here how he begins and look at the cause of why he is blessed. Everyone's read Psalms 1, yeah? Look here. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Following their advice and example, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit down to rest in the seat of scoffers, ridicules. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, his precepts and teachings, he habitually meditates day and night. Isn't that interesting what God needs to do? Create a habit in you to meditate on God's word day and night is the reason why he's blessed. That's the cause of why he's blessed, because he became familiar with God's word. And he he caused it to be a habit in his life. Then, naturally, he was able to escape all the traps of the enemy. Not sit in the scoffers, not sit with evil people, not do evil things. But look here, that was the cause of it. Next one. And he will be like a tree firmly planted and fed by the streams of water. Isn't that interesting that the other one I'm going to speak about is the water. Which yields its fruit in its seasons. Its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does he prospered. And it comes to charity. What was the cause of it? Day and night. Small victories. Begin to discipline yourself to make time for God's word. Even though you don't feel like it in the beginning, I caused the habit in me to be in his word and it became my delight. It became something that I cannot live without anymore. But in the beginning, there was such a resistance in the flesh. Why? Because your flesh never wants to do the things of the spirit. There's a big resistance in the beginning, but you break through it. The wicked, those who live in disobedience to God's law, are not so, but they are like the chaff, worthless and without substance, which the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand unpunished in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows and fully approves the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Now what was the reason for all of these blessings and for God to stand on His behalf? is the one who meditated on God's word day and night. This is for a person who's wanting to get familiar with the Holy Spirit and be in the role of the Holy Spirit, the word has to be established. And the the first process of the Holy Spirit coming openly, showing himself openly was to implant the word. It is written, it is written, it is written. Satan responded to what? The authority of the word. Jesus in the beginning didn't even say, I, rebu- I rebuke you Satan. He used the word, the truth that kept him out. So when it comes to submitting to God, resisting the devil, what are we meant to submit to? Truths a person who's just started their journey, or for the person who's not understood this process, that I need to give value to the Word of God, just like I give value to Jesus, then you begin to move. Then you begin to move forward. Then the Holy Spirit begins to become familiar with you. Because you're understanding what God wants. You're understanding what God wants. God wants to birth you to maturity so that you can train others also. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Daniel chose that photo, not me. Daniel chose that photo. So everyone speaks about the temptation But no no one pays attention to the work of the Holy Spirit. Open your hearts more and more. I'm teaching you how to understand what attracts the Holy Spirit to you. We're here to stand with you. We're here to pray for you. But can I tell you something? You need to mature now. You need to mature now. To understand, the same way I give value to a name, the same way I give value to his word, they are together. Remember, the spirit, the blood and the water, they are one. The same value you give to the Holy Spirit, the same way you give value to Jesus' name, the same way you give value to the word of God. But in the beginning, what's the greatest value you've got to give God? His word. Now you can question yourself. Do I value God enough to give the Word time to do the work in me? You must ask yourself. Because so many people, they want to be used by God and it sounds good. But they're missing the most important. The most important aspect of your life is to allow the Word to be implanted in you. And that's the key, isn't it? You can have all the troubles, you can have all the challenges, you can have all the trials, but the mature, he focuses on building. He doesn't focus on the problems around him. I'll share with you something. I had a dream two days ago. And someone called me at 11 o'clock and they said to me, I'm I'm sick and I'm struggling, I need you to pray. And I started to pray in the spirit for probably 40 minutes over the phone with him. And then I fell asleep. I fell asleep. They they obviously hanged up. But but I fell asleep after that. And I was, going, I was going on a mission for God. But I didn't see where I'm going. But the person who was sick was in the boat with me. And six other believers were in the boat with me. And I don't want to say their names. But they were in the boat with me. And we're going out of an outlet. We're going out of an outlet into the ocean to like an island for a mission for God. But I didn't see what I'd done. I didn't see who it was for. But I was going outside the outlet and it was wavy and it was stormy. And I said to all the people, Hold on. God will see us out of God will see us through this. I kept saying it. And holding on, the waves were splashing in and all this stuff. Anyways, in a split of a second, I'm on the way back from the mission. And everyone's resting in the boat. Everyone's resting in the boat. And we're coming back into the inlet. And the waves are on the other side now, they're coming back at us. The waves turn and they're coming back at us again, but they shouldn't be coming in the opposite direction. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me when I woke up from the dream. It's when you're most comfortable that Satan comes. We were resting after that place. We'd done the work of God. We were, we were in discernment. We were active. We were paying attention, but we're on the way back and it was like we're sluggish and we're sleeping in the boat. And the waves were coming unexpectedly and they hit the boat And the Holy Spirit showed me, Satan's greatest strategy is when you're comfortable. His greatest work is when you're comfortable. And I just want to share that with you. Because all those believers that were sleeping, and I was on the stern watching those waves coming, and I was able to warn them, get up quickly, the waves are coming at us again. But they shouldn't be coming that direction, and God's shown us that. In and out of season, we have to be ready. Because Satan attacks most when we're, nothing's happening for us. If that makes sense to people here. So let's pray. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your living word. That w- what makes us clean. Lord, you are the word that was sent from heaven. You were the true manna. That fell from heaven and allowed us to be fed thank you Jesus for your broken body and for your blood that was poured we worship you today and I pray from today Lord that every person receives this revelation to give value to your word I pray from here to the third heavens That they give value to your word, Lord, so that I can do the good work in them. Thank you, Lord. I pray for every believer here today that their conscience and their mind is clear in which way they must go. Thank you. We worship you, Lord, and we love you. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're going to do today. For the glory belongs to you, Lord Jesus. We honor you and we worship you. And we thank you that your people will be delivered today. Amen. Bless you all. And I pray from today that you receive this truth. And to glory in the process. Amen.